0: Hello, welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, we will be talking about confidence. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. Today we will be talking about confidence. Something so simple, yet so crucial in turning your passion of interior design into a profitable business. So Chelsea, tell us why confidence is key and what it looks like in our industry.
1: I am so glad you asked me that. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason I wanted to talk about confidence this week, you know, I've been getting your your questions and I love it and I love answering people back and um, it seems to be that the underlying thing behind all of the questions comes down to confidence. I mean like you said it seems like a really simple thing. And it's something that over my 30 years of designing I've realized is so critical to every aspect of our industry. And I'm going to go through all of those um you know hit the highlights and explain why, but but I really want to start with the big picture of confidence. It it's one of those things you don't think, um, you know, when you're doing a checklist of how do I become a designer? What's important? What do I need to learn? It's never on the top of anyone's list. Confidence. That should be my, <laughs> but when you really think about it, so you're a perfect example, Nadia, you loved interior design. How many years did you, you know, pour through magazines and dream about it and watch it on TV and you follow every designer on Instagram? And um, I've always asked her, why, why didn't you start designing? Like, why didn't you do this for a living? What's the answer? I was always too scared. <laughs> See? You know, people ask me questions like, well, don't I need a degree? No, you don't. So what's the next excuse, right?
0: Yeah.
1: That we can put we, we can put all of these things in our way um, that stop us from living our best life, that, from living our dream, from having the career that w- would make you happy every day of your life, right? E- even through, you know, all the, the coronavirus and staying home and stuck. I'm still happy every day because I'm either redecorating my house, redecorating the store, looking through design things, talking to designers, because my career is also my passion. It's such a big part of my life. And if I hadn't had the confidence and the courage to just go for it, I would never be here today. So it really is something that weaves throughout your entire career, your life. And it's a simple thing to fix because we have control over it. We can choose to be confident. And if you can't just, you know, mind over matter, flip a switch and say, all right, I'm going to be confident now, there are steps you can take. There are, you know, action steps you can take. There are exercises you can do that will make you feel more confident. So that's really what I want to talk about because confidence is what holds you back. Confidence is what stops you from starting your dream business, from going after big clients, from opening accounts with vendors where you make more money, um, asking for bigger fees. It all comes down to confidence. And one of the things I'm going to hit on um, in the in this talk towards the end is how your confidence will make or break your design clients. Believe it or not, it is the most important thing you need to have. So starting out with, again, why aren't you a designer? Um, when I first started out as a designer, I lived in Austin, which is a beautiful city. Oh, if you ever get a chance to go there, it's great. A lot like Seattle. And I'd had my you know four-year degree, and I, I had a taste of working in the industry here in Kirkland. I went and worked uh, at a store called Expressions, which I talk about a lot, but you know it's my foundation. It's where I first learned. And I knew that's, that chain, that there was a chain, and they had um, stores in Austin and around the country, and I was marrying some of the Navy, and we'd be moving, and yada, yada, yada. So I walked into that store, and the first thing they said was, do you have a degree? Back then, that was more important, right? And I said, yes, I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was 21, and I needed that job because I was engaged. I was about to get married, and I was going to move, and I really wanted to work at the Austin store. So I walked into the, to the Seattle store, actually, and I had to interview, and I had to smile. I had to pretend that I had confidence. I wore my best power suit, I literally had to fake it till you make it. And they asked me all different kinds of questions. You know, how would you handle this kind of client? And how would you handle this? And I was terrified inside. I know it's hard to believe, but I have social phobia. I have terrible um, worrying about what people think and they're talking and they're, it it cripples me sometimes. And I knew that I wanted this and I was going to have to swallow it and just pretend that I was this strong confident bubbly person and that's the way I did my interview and I nailed it I mean it was it was so empowering and I left that interview just on a cloud that kind of gave me the confidence to all right I can do this you know I can step up I can I can be the designer that you know I'm working with this this group of I think we had five um, designers they all had their degree they were all experienced they were all you know late 20s 30s 40s. And here I was, this twenty-one-year-old, no experience, and I just, I just had to go for it. I, I had to look a client in the eye, and I remember um, the first time that it really just—I um, almost wanted to throw up. This couple had wanted a living room, a dining room, the hallway—they, you know, big projects. and I'm like, "Yeah, my first big project! I'm so excited!" And I had pulled all the fabrics, and they said, "Okay, well, which is for which?" <laughs> Never <laughs> occurred to me. <gasps> to oh my the, but the, you know which uh, i don't know I, no one had told me you know and again design school does not teach you how to be a designer so i just said um oh yeah you know the plaid goes on this and then this goes on this it was a disaster you know if i had prepared right and um gotten all of my ducks in a row and been ready, it would have been easier along with the confidence, right? So it's always, it always is a, is a part of it. Confidence is always a piece that it's holding you back from being successful. It's holding you back from going after what you want. Um, so I, I worked at that Expressions in Austin um, for almost four years and hugely successful. I was number one in sales across the country and it was great and I was winning awards and people knew my name and I was getting to go on these trips and everything was fantastic. And then I had my son, Kale and I realized the first day back at work, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be home and watch him grow in his first step and his first word. and So I knew that the only way to do that was to be an independent designer we had just bought our first house. So I had my first mortgage. I just bought my first brand new car. (laughs) So we had that. Uh, My husband was a student. So we needed my income. We lived off my income. And the thought of quitting my job that day was so scary. And I was talking to one of my clients that I'd been working with for a while and we were working on their second house. And um, she said, you know what? Go for it. You're good enough. Go for it. And my mother-in-law needs help, and I'll give her your name. And I called my husband, and he said, "I wondered what took you so long." And that was it. I uh-huh. I gave my letter of resignation, and that was terrifying. But I had to believe in myself, or it wouldn't have worked. I had to have confidence, or it wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. That first job that I got, her mother-in-law was a commercial store. Oh, okay. I'd never done a commercial store, <laughs> and when she kept saying, "No, oh, we have three contractors to work for the build out." I'm like, "Oh, what's a build out?" <laughs> You know, I had the budgets I had to work with. And, and I can't believe the level of difficulty of that first job. I mean, I thought to myself, all right, this is going to make or break you. You can either lay down and cry or quit or, you know, be stuck at a at a job where I'm working 60, 70 hours a week and every weekend and till late at night not seeing my family or I was going to have to just be confident, suck it up and go for it. I always say, go big or go home. That, that one store, I learned retail design from experience. I went to malls and I looked at successful stores. I looked at the gap. I looked at what do they have in common. Then I met with contractors and interviewed them and learned how to do that. I wanted to really cool shaped cash wrap. So I went and found a con- you know a, a, a furniture builder and drew up designs. I didn't know how to do that. I had to shop for commercial carpet. I had, you know, there were all these things that I didn't know how to do. And we didn't have the internet. I couldn't look it up. You had to go to a library or figure oh it out. Gosh. But if it weren't for the confidence, where would I be? I mean, think mm-hmm. about it. If I told you to do that job today with your experience level, <laughs> yeah, I would go home as that. her eyes are rolling <laughs> and she's <laughs> looking like she's going to throw up. No, it. If it weren't for confidence, I wouldn't have, you know, gone for it. And and my design business in Austin was great. I had tons of clients. I have such good memories, and that led me to my next aha moment that also deals with confidence. Um, you know, designers are usually friends. We most of our friends um have the same interest. It's a crazy obsession that we have, and we all get along talking about design forever. And so I had this friend who knew another designer who was doing huge restaurants in Austin, like cool really cool um, bars and clubs and restaurants and big houses. And I was asking about her design degree, and she didn't have one. She had no design background. I thought, well, how is she doing that? How is she getting these big projects? She just just goes in there with confidence. She just goes in and says, I got this. I, I realized at that point, again, the only thing holding me back was confidence. I mean, it really was, it was my fear. Here's a girl that didn't have the degree. She didn't have all of that background, and yet she was just going for it. Uh, You know, you can always ask for help. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know that that's like the overall, the basic stuff. You need confidence to just go for it, to go after being a designer. If you if you have a talent for design, which you know you know you either have a talent or you're not. You know you don't. Has anyone ever told you, "Wow, your house is beautiful"? Come help me with mine. Has your friend ever said, "Will you help me design my room because you have such great taste"? You know, if you know that you have the confidence, you have the design ability, then what's stopping you from doing it for a living? I mean, that's that's my whole point of this podcast is encouraging people that have that gift to go after it because you'll you'll have access to contractors who have licensing and bonding, and they do the construction side, they do the permitting. They you don't have to know any of that. You can you know you can learn the business. But if you've got the talent, that's something that not everyone has. That's something that's so special and unique. And that alone should add to your confidence. That should give you confidence to, to go after what you want. Now, skip ahead. Let's say you've already got your great design business and you're cruising right along. If you're going to go and meet with a client, you're in their home. And again, we've talked about that's a big deal. That's personal. You're being invited into someone's home, not just to you know clean carpets. You're there to judge their space to judge their taste. What do they like? What, that is a terrifying aspect from a client's point of view. So, if you went in to that situation, imagine, and didn't have enough confidence, and they said, "Well, I, you know, I really want to work on this," or I kind of think, "Oh, oh, okay. Well, if that's what you want, oh, well, if you know, what do you think? <laughs> You're gonna." You're going to fail. I mean, you'll f- fall flat on your face. Um, I use I, I like to teach in analogies. I think it kind of helps people get, um, I get my point across and, and I try to come up with common experiences we've, we've all been through. So imagine going into your doctor, right, and saying, okay, doc, can you check my back for, you know, scary skin spots? And they're like, oh, well, there's this one, maybe you could, t- you know, maybe I should take it off. <laughs> maybe I should test this one. I don't know what you think. You're not going to trust that doctor. You want the doctor to say, oh, smart that you're doing this. Let's take a look. Well, all right, we've got this. You know what I mean? It's it's a subtle thing. Like you say, you think it's a small thing, but but people sense it. They can feel it. It's going to determine whether they want to work with you because they have to trust you that you have better taste than them that you're going to guide them correctly. You're not going to force them to buy something. You're not going to make them feel stupid. You have to be confident that that you're the professional. They hired you because they can't do what you can do. You're there to help. And so you've got to just go in, hold your head high, be, you know, smiling, kind, and a great listener. And if you don't know something, that's okay you can, you can as easily say to the client, you know, I'm not really sure about that, but I'm going to look it up and, and take a note. Do so they see you taking a note. You know, good question. No, I've got some sources. I'll, I'll, I'll research that. That sounds confident that, that would be fine for a client. Client's not going to, to ding you on that. So you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be everything. You don't have to have the world's greatest design talent. You don't have to have years and years of experience. But if you walk in to a client's house, confidently that you can help them, that you you can guide them through this process, they're going to love you and they're going to trust you. And that's the kind of client that you'll have for life. That's the kind of client that they tell their friends and they keep coming back. And it really does come down to confidence. I mean, they haven't even seen your design yet. <laughs> you know, But but the confidence will get you the job. Yeah. Now... Fast forward. You've created the design, and I've watched you blossom as a designer. And start with the first designs you did. You were confident that you knew what good design was. You were doing what you wanted, and what you thought was a beautiful room, and they are beautiful. You great talent, great eye. You do. But I've been teaching you to listen to a client. What do they want? What are their dreams? What what do they imagine this this room should look like and it's not bad to give them that it's not what you would have done but you're confident in that you can take their taste their style and you can make a beautiful room you're going to do it with the right balance the right scale the size of items the the hanging the pictures the right way on the wall and not way up too high and spread Mm -hmm. apart like everyone does you're not going to shove the furniture against the wall you can take any room and make it a beautiful room that the client loves because you have that natural gift as a designer. You have the confidence in that. <laughs> See what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that weaves throughout the whole career. Now, here's a really important part of being a successful designer and it's the difference between a hobby and a career. You have to ask for money. I know that sounds, well, of course, duh, right? You you are trying to make an income, but this is different. And this is where a lot of people get hung up. This is where I used to get hung up. Because it's not like when I when I worked in a store uh, or worked for someone else, they set the price. Yes, this sofa is $8,000. You know, you got a problem with that? Like <laughs> that's, that's the attitude, right? I didn't make this price up, that's what it is. But when you're an interior designer and you're going into a client's house You're telling them, this is what I charge for my taste. This is what I charge for the experience that I have, for the knowledge that I'm going to take your ideas, but I'm going to make it beautiful based on what I say. And I think that's worth $150 an hour or it's $200 an hour or it's, you know, whatever. That's hard to do because essentially you're an artist. You're going to use your creativity. You're going to use these imaginary you know forces of, of, of balance and scale and color and texture and pattern and you're going to create the space um and you're saying how much it's worth and there's there's nothing for them to debate if you have confidence you're going to be strong about your pricing you're going to say this is what it is i'd like a deposit for this much today i'm going to ask for this much at our final presentation but if you don't have the confidence if they see you're shaking <laughs> yeah
0: and i think that also carries into product knowledge Like if someone's trying to buy a sofa or different kind of rugs and there's so much to know about piles and just the weaves and what kind of like material it is and you can see if someone is really into um, having good quality or not or they care about spending money or they don't or they're all about having in the long term. That's hours of research and that's something that I've come upon in my journey as, as a designer to, to realize like, I just put 10, 15 hours into this room and you would never guess cause you're just, Oh, this, this, this and that. So if someone was to go do that by themselves, that's where they get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. That's where they say, Oh my gosh, I'm in over my head. So if you have that knowledge and talent, you can straight up say, this is why I charge this much. So mm-hmm.
1: The also the, the other thing along with that, um, having enough confidence that when someone has a horrible idea, whether it's safety you know, putting windows above a stove, especially if it's a gas stove, your first instinct if a fire happens on your stove would be to open the window, right? To let the smoke out. But you're just going to make the fire worse, right? So there's things that a client has told me, well, I want this. I had to have the confidence to say, you know, as a professional, it's my job to tell you when things might be unsafe or Mm -hmm. when it's not going to wear well. Or like you said, product knowledge. You know, someone um, wants a white silk, you know, chair in the living, but they've got little kids and dogs, you've got to have enough courage to tell them that's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. And there's so many ways to do it. I mean, again, my favorite is, um, well, it's my professional opinion Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they're not a professional and they can't question that. But I've seen a lot of designers make huge mistakes and they say, well, the, the client wanted it. Well, the client said they wanted it. Well, I don't care. You're the one that has experience. You're the one that knows you should have measured first. You're the one that, that should have known fiber content and to know that that is not a piece mm-hmm. you would put with kids. And, you know, you don't put Belgian linen where little yeah, kids are eating say. popsicles, <laughs> yeah. right? Never. But But imagine how scary that would be. You know, if you have a really strong, especially if it's a wealthy client, it's easy to be intimidated. And if they're really adamant about something they want, You have to stand up to them. You have to be able to say, listen, you've got to trust me, professional opinion, that's not a wise choice and I'll tell you why. That's why having that product knowledge helps. And you can go through the whole list and then give them another option that will give the same look, but it's cleanable or it's non-flammable or whatever it is you need. But you cannot do this career without that confidence. You really are, again, it's like an artist. You're designing something that someone's going to pay a lot of money for. It's the you know third biggest inve- investment next to a car and a house. I mean, your furniture is a huge investment. You have to go in there and just own it. Say, so, yep, yeah, this is beautiful. This is what we're going to do. It's going to fit. It's the budget. It's the right fabric. It's And that's when clients relax. And trust you, and let you have more design freedom. And you're seeing that you've got clients that now said, "Oh, I trust you. You know, whatever you, you tell me what to do, and I'll do it." But at first, they were really holding those reins tight. But now, you've got confidence. They've got confidence in you, and and now you get to be the designer that you want to be. Now you get to create those beautiful rooms that you imagined, right? And mm-hmm. and that's what you want to do as a designer. I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think even just from
0: the beginning, like you said, I can know what I want, but then you'll you'll say, okay, well, you need the confidence to sell it. And then that'll be like, okay, you're right, because I know the design is great, but if I can't sell it well, I'm not going to be able to create the design or even make the money off of it. And yeah, and that just makes me think back to a couple of clients where here I have this great design and great idea and it's going to look great, but I'm scared to approach them or I'm scared to come off as you know, they're an older couple and they look at me that I'm so much younger that I don't want to come off as either I don't know enough or I know too much. So I was just trying to be respectful and I always understand that it's such a big investment that I want to, like, I don't ever want to overstep in a way. And a couple of times they're like, well, well, what do you think? Well, we came to you or they give me a tight budget. So I'm always just so conscious of this budget and that you've also helped me expand out of that budget when you show them the option of something that's better quality, bigger investment, long-term. Oh, okay. Then- I go from five thousand to a ten thousand dollar budget. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I would have never guessed because you were so adamant about that. And so with this clients, they'll just be like, we came to you for your professional opinion. Well, well, what do you want? I'm like, well, here are two options. There's a linen, and then there's this, you know, different kind of um, fabric for the window treatments. What do you like? I want to be able to know what you like because they're like, well, I don't know what I like. I don't know what this. So again, yes, you give them options out of two or three, but I at the end said this is my decision that I like this one and I would go with this one. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna go with that
1: one. When I present my design and the way I teach to present, you give them one design. I mean, yeah, you have back pocket things, of course, because people, you know, you're never going to completely nail it that first time. There's always going to be something like, they're not really sure about something. But if you show them more than one design and give them the choice, again, that's like a doctor saying, okay, you've got eight moles on your back. Which ones do you want me to take off? I don't know I asked you (laughs) that's why I met the doctor you know so you have to think of yourself as a designer I know we kind of it's it's much better now interior design is a completely different world than it was when I started when I started we knew we had a fluff job we knew I mean I I went to a you know major state university here and my roommates in college used to you know laugh at oh you're doing interior design when they were off trying to save the world you know (laughs) with communications (laughs) lol and then they saw how much work i was doing they said oh we'd never do your degree but you know it it all plays into this um knowing that what you bring to the table has value why are we different than hiring a lawyer they just know about the law doctors know about medicine we know about design with that being said, like you said, product knowledge, That's you can't massive. just fake. <laughs> they would say fake it to you, Megan, which I'm a big believer in. But you got to back it up. You've got to do your research. You've got to know. If you don't know it the first time, you better know it the second time. And again, being strong and confident and presenting that like, remember that question you asked? I did some research and I talked to a few friends and this is what I found out. If you present it confidently, they're going to trust you. Again, it's their home it's scary Mm -hmm. what if you mess up their house so you have to have the confidence and then they'll trust you and they'll give you more freedom otherwise you're constantly you're like a personal shopper and that's not what design is you don't want to just be following people around you know helping them pick out things that you know are going to be ugly but you're too afraid to speak up so that is one of the things that I teach in my course is you need to be strong when you present that final design. And you know, with everything I teach, I teach you how to ask the right questions and what things to look for and how you do your touch base appointments so that you you know you know you're on the right track. You're not going in blind. You're not just bringing them some, you know, imaginary hypothetical room. You know they're going to like it, but you still have to be confident when you're presenting it. You know, we go through the the final presentation. And I'll say um, now here's the sofa that we chose now remember you said that you wanted a, a place that's comfortable for your grandkids and you wanted to have a performance fabric so I made sure that the, and it's you're you're presenting with confidence you own it you know it here's another really good tip um and, and it's totally along those lines I was working with a designer out of San Francisco uh, just love him and um, I'm trying not to use names because I don't want <laughs> people will listen to this um but he was a great designer. He just didn't know it. When he called me the first time, um, out of the blue, said he was looking for a coach. And he said he wanted to take his business to the next level. And he gave me a few little tidbits of information about him and then said, I've got to go. The director's calling me. It's my turn on set. I'm like, huh? And he said, well, I've got sort of this home and garden show in San Francisco. And I thought, oh, okay. Mm-hmm, all right. So he said, I'll call you right back. So I hung up and I'm Googling him and I'm looking and looking at his website. Oh my gosh, his designs were gorgeous. He is such a talented, naturally gifted designer, just beautiful. And I saw his show when I saw articles and I saw, you know, all that he'd been doing. And he called me back and this was my turn to be confident because I'm thinking, why does he need me? He already has his own HGTV, you know, not, it wasn't HGTV, but he already has a, you know, a design show and, um, what could I possibly teach him? And it turns out he was not charging nearly enough for his designs. In fact, most of his designs, he said, well, this big, beautiful, incredible renovation that I did, I really just did it for my portfolio because I knew I needed to build a portfolio. Well, this one I did for free too, because I just thought, you know, I need to build up my portfolio. He was just afraid to ask for money. He was afraid to ask for what he's worth. And So of course we worked together and within six months, you know, he had gone from, I don't even want to say, um, let's see, he did more than five times his last annual income in six months after we started working together. And it was all confidence. Um, he used to call me every once in a while directly when he was working with a client and there was something that come up and he was scared and he didn't remember what I had said to say. And, um, so he called and it was, A woman who kept returning things. And I'm thinking, oh, red flag, red flag. What situation have you put yourself in where people are returning things, right? And so he said, well, I found this new rug and I asked her um, what she thought of it. And I said, okay, now stop right there. That's a perfect example. When you present something to her, instead of saying, here, I found this rug, what do you think? You need to say, look at this rug I found. It's beautiful, don't you agree? Now, she can still say no, but it's the confidence in the way you've presented it. You're assuming that it is the right rug. You know it's the right rug. You know it's gonna look great and fits. You know she's gonna love it. So why not just say it like that? Look at this beautiful rug that I that I found. When she agrees with you, she's not going to want to return it because she's agreed with the professional, yes, that's a great rug, yes, you're right, beautiful, let's get it. If it was something that she got to choose, like, maybe, oh, sure, okay, I like it, and then she orders it, and she gets it, and she has any concern, she's sending it back because she didn't like her own decisions. She wasn't confident that she could make the decision. She feels like she made a mistake. She shouldn't have chosen that it's no wonder then you're dealing with their insecurities with their lack of confidence so this whole industry you really have to boil it down and say hey, I'm I have a talent that others don't it's a gift and it's something that's valuable it's something that deserves to be paid for and when I go and see that client I'm gonna let them know that I'm gonna let them know that hey I am here for you I've got great taste I'm going to take care of your house. You can trust me. I'm going to be very transparent with pricing, with everything. These are all things you say with confidence. And throughout the entire process, you're going to be that professional that they've come to and that they've, you know, invited into their home. And they're going to be happy to pay you because you put their mind at ease. You're taking control. You're choosing the right thing. They don't have to worry about their taste they just have to agree or disagree with yours. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. So confidence, it is a little thing, and it seems like something that you don't really think about. Again, it's not in your checklist. Gee, I've gotta be confident before (laughs) I start a design business. But it is the number one most important thing. Believe in yourself, believe in this gift you have, and believe that you need to spread it. You, You deserve to have your talent out there, and people need you. Everyone wants a designer now everyone would love help with their house. Even us, even designers. I hate doing my own house because I have too many ideas. Yeah. And what if I screw it up? What if, you know, people come in and say, well, you're a designer. It should look better. I don't have, I want another designer come and say, no, this is what you should do. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. Let's do it. So everyone wants that. Why don't you just offer that as a service? Charge appropriately. Be confident, know your products, have the right contract. How many times am I going to say that? Have a contract, protect yourself, have your systems. Have all of that in place. And this really is just an amazing, amazing career. I mean, we get to create beauty for a living. We get to make people happy, bring joy to their their lives. You're creating something in their home that they will have for 20 years or more. That's a big deal. So don't... Think less of being a designer. Be strong. Be proud. Be confident. You have the gift and go for it. Yeah. Design for a living, right? That's that's what I'm, I'm, I'm preaching. Design for a living.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic... Email us at Chelsea at dot com. That's C H E L S E A at designforaliving.com. dot com. Also, find us online at designforliving dot com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and house at Design for a Living.